Yes, good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, September 20, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you wherever and however you're listening. And uh, the big news last night, uh, just in the days leading up to the AFL Grand Final on Saturday, of course, is that Lance Franklin, buddy, uh, one more, it said on the statement put out by the Swans last night. So Lance Franklin has signed a one-year extension. And how about this? He's the only player from the 2004 draft still on an AFL list. He's going to go around again. Loz, morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, everybody. Uh, morning, boys. Um, yeah, it came as a bit of a surprise last night because I thought uh, Buddy wouldn't do anything until at least after the grand final. And then all reports were that he wasn't going to re-sign with Sydney. He was on the move. But the Swans have been able to convince him to stay for one more year. And what a week to announce it in grand final week. Um, you know, he signed that massive deal to come up to Sydney, a long-term deal. Uh, the club has been in a couple of grand finals, but they haven't won one. They get a chance with Buddy again this year. Uh, he's a little bit quiet in the first final um, against Melbourne, but he certainly found his rhythm on Saturday against Collingwood. He kicked a couple of goals. He's getting ball to the ground, getting the ball to the ground for his little small forwards to to swoop on. Um, and this is massive news for the Swans leading into the grand final this weekend. You can imagine all the players this morning knowing that Buddy's going to be there for another year, rocking into training today, being very, very excited. Why go to Queensland when you can stay here in sun, sunny Sydney town? Pup, morning to you, mate. Morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Yep, how good. How good for all the Sydney siders. Um, yeah, he's obviously made a decision. Uh, I've no doubt he would have spoken to uh, his wife and his family, but yeah, great for Swannies fans and obviously great for Buddy as well. He, he's always said how much he's loved being here in Sydney. Uh, it's become home for him and yep, he uh, looks like he's staying, which is awesome. Uh, just on uh, wives and, you know, sporting heroes and legends. So I saw an article, I thought of you straight away the other day, Pup. Giselle oh, no. was spotted walking through Central Park in New York with tears in her eyes. Oh, my God. So there must be, there, it must be just all falling apart with her it's and over. Tom Brady. It's over. It's gone. <laughs> she could not have been crying about anything else. No way. Uh, yep, well, it's the world we live in, you know, isn't it? That's it. That's it. Unfortunately. Uh, just some other news last night in racing laws. The connections are very elegant. Have decided to pay the late entry fee of one hundred and eighty thousand thereabouts Australian to run in the Arc de Triomphe at Longchamp, October two, where it is twenty one dollars with tab in the All In market. So after that run, which we watched the yeah. other night, where she looked like she, you know, was markedly improved, why not have a crack? You got the horse over there, pay the late entry. You nearly uh, shocked me then, Mido, because you know what I thought you were going to say. What? Late entry fee for another tilt at the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> I was just like, really? <laughs> well, she'd have significant weight. If she yeah, she, she would. She would. For a mare, um, she'd have to uh, break records, I would assume. Uh, oh, but that's that's good news. We, we all thought the run was, was pretty good. Hmm. Um, and if the owners and the trainers think that she's ready to go and she's up for a race like that, good on her. She's got nothing to prove. Uh, certainly here in this country, uh, but she's been a fantastic mare. She's one of our great champions, and we'd love her to run well in that race. Love to see it for sure. Uh, now, just looking at the markets ahead of these NRL preliminary finals this week, nothing's really changed in the last 24 hours. You've still got the Cowboys at $1.70, the Eels $2.15 Friday night. 
Penrith a dollar thirty-eight, Souths three dollars ten Saturday night. The line in that one eight and a half Souths, of course, the plus the teams to be uh, well announced later today uh, via the NRL website and the clubs. But firstly, look, why Penrith? When you finish first, shouldn't you play on the Friday night? I know that happens in the AFL. If you're the minor premiers, yeah. shouldn't you get the Friday, the, the first prelim? You know what? I, I don't know the reason behind that. I always assumed that the first team played earlier, but... In the days of head listeners... knocks, this becomes important. Well, it gives you an extra couple of days to get ready for a grand final, mm. doesn't it? Um, if you receive a head knock. Um, I, look, I, I don't know the reason why, but at the end of the day, um, there's 24 hours difference, which could be the difference between you getting up for a grand final and not. Um, Parramatta, though, I suppose, because they have to travel to Townsville, that might have came into consideration because it's difficult to get there. And I know that they're chartering a flight to get up there, mm. but, you know, it, it, it can knock you around, uh, that travel up north. So I'm assuming that might have been part of the reason why they're playing on the Friday night. What do you make of... The Parramatta, I guess, hit-and-run mission. We saw Penrith do it a couple of weeks ago in the final week of the regular season, even though they rested a lot of their players for that match. Uh, but I guess considering the, the difference in conditions there in North Queensland, yeah. and you know, it's not exactly, it's not like they're going up there to acclimatise or anything. No. They're going up there, uh, going to just deal with the heat pretty much for 24 hours and get out of there. Yeah, the, the hardest thing I've always found, and this is when I was playing at Canberra, so you're going from Canberra weather to Townsville weather is is the heat and humidity obviously hits you and affects you. But it affects you in that first 10 or 15 minutes because you go out to warm up and you're saturated by the time you go back inside the dressing shed and you're not wanting to talk about the weather. But it's once you get out there and you get into the rhythm of the game, I always found the longer it went, the better you felt. But it was the initial 15 minutes where you're gasping for air and it's difficult to breathe because you're not used to it. Um, that's the hardest thing. And, and, and at times you can get blown away in that period. I'm not saying you don't get fatigued the longer the game goes, because you do, but you tend to sort of handle it. It's the initial shock of that 10 or 15-minute opening burst. If the opposition are playing well, it's, sometimes it's hard to go with them early. Um, but you just got to be able to find your way into the contest and stay close, find your rhythm, and then you kick into gear. Um, but it's always difficult early. Always difficult early when you go and play in different temperatures compared to what you're used to playing in. I reckon I'd prefer to be there for a few days. Just soak it all up. What do you reckon, Clarky? I mean, it'd be, it wouldn't be too dissimilar to going to India, say, what, tomorrow, and then playing in a test match on Friday. You, yeah, you, well, you always get, you know, a week or two, don't you? You play a tour match, etc., to acclimatise. I know we're talking completely different sports here, but yeah, still. and time difference and flight. Like, I, th- I think the main thing for us why we used to travel early was really to get over the flight and the time difference, mm. not so much acclimatised to temperature. So, you know, if I th- even if you think about Sheffield Shield games uh, in state cricket, you would fly in maximum the day before the game. Or, or maximum, sorry, two days before the game. But generally, it was day, but morning before the game, you would fly. So the heat in Queensland is obviously different to, you know, we're playing at the Gabba is different to playing at the SCG. But very rarely did we, yeah, did we fly in any earlier. Different overseas, like I say, India's, what's that, 10-hour flight? 
you know, so it was more to get over that and let your body recover after being, you know, on a plane sitting still. I, I don't know. I, I feel like when you're, in cricket terms, when you're playing, when we were playing in India or the UAE or things like that, it, it's nearly like mentally you know what you're in for. So you, you don't, you might feel it physically, but mentally you don't. It, it, it's more, okay, uh, extra preparation around, you know, being hydrated and things like that before you get onto the field. Once you get onto the field, yeah, it's hot, yeah, you're sweaty, but you just, I don't know, you, you find a way to just get on with it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'd imagine if teams are doing this, it's obviously for a reason. They, they they might feel if you just if the less time you spend there, the less you, like Loz said, the less you talk about yeah, it. Depends. The less you focus on it. Dep- depends what your group's like too. Sometimes your group doesn't. You know, they don't want to be away from their families. Uh, they found what works for them is a hit and run mission, and also the fact that you look at your recovery for the next week. And with the grand final coming up, you don't want to preempt anything and just assume you're going to make it. But you've got to have all bases covered. Mm. So if Parramatta make the grand final, they're back in Sydney to sleep in their bed on Friday night. Um, and then they give themselves a, a better chance of recovery or recovering from that game um, and get themselves ready for a, an eight-day preparation leading into a, a grand final. The other thing, Laws, what's what's the temperature there in, in Townsville? 28, 28 degrees? Yeah, it'd be something the, like that. The boys yeah, are training in Sydney in hotter conditions and that in their pre-season anyway. So I know there's a long distance between, you know, now and when they'll do in pre-season, but... It's not like they haven't trained in hotter conditions. So to me, you know, it's not middle of summer, 40 degrees. It's 28 degrees. Okay, I've got the Townsville forecast here. What about this Friday? Minimum 20, max 30. Matt, there you go. Plus the humidity. Get yeah, the humidity is the key. Well, yeah. I don't know what they did when they went to Darwin, because like, they got pumped early well, this year. Well, their record in Townsville's not great. Two from 14, the last 14 games. But again, Canberra weather is different to Sydney weather, and Sydney weather is different to Townsville weather. I can only go on my experiences from going to Canberra to Townsville. It's a it's a massive difference, in particular if you're playing night footy in Canberra to night footy in Townsville. Chalk and cheese. You would have been glowing running out of the field. Oh, it was lovely being up there, but it just takes you that initial yeah. period to get your breathing going because it's heavier. Your breathing is heavier. Uh, when you go up there to those conditions. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're a Cowboys fan, John O'Shea listens to the program, of course. You've never got a better chance to make a grand final. Playing at Queensland Country Bank Stadium at home in a fixture like oh, this. Oh, 30,000 people. They're playing some really good what football. What an opportunity. You know, they haven't been knocked around. The week off would have done them the world of good. Uh, in particular, coming off that big game against the Sharks, and we saw how sh- flat the Sharks were. Mm. Last weekend against South, they were they were ordinary. The Sharks, you know, poor completion rate defensively. They were off. Um, you know, if you look at the, you know, the Cowboys, they're, they're be- better placed now than what they've ever been to go through to a grand final, because of that fact. They've got a number of players that have played Origin this year. They're young. They're exuberant. They'll be full of confidence. Playing at home, um, week off, conditions to suit. Everything's in their favour. When you think five years ago when they made their last grand final, they did it the very, very hard way indeed when they won all those games in Sydney and uh, 
they didn't even have Jonathan Thurston at the time as well. He was injured. Michael Morgan was absolutely flying. So There was another JT too who was flying that year, Tamalolo. He was Jason. unbelievable. And his performance in that first final against the Sharks was reminiscent of his best. Mm. He played big minutes. He scored that try to take the game into extra time. Um, and he got through a mountain of work. And he got stronger as the game got longer. And not many forwards do that. That so-called spat with he and Todd Payton feels like a lifetime ago. Well, whatever happened with those two, it's worked. Mm. Because Tamalolo now is starting to play his best football again. Uh, He's starting to play longer minutes. And you're only playing longer minutes if you're upholding your standards on the footy field. They're not going to keep you out there if you're not performing and not doing the team expected thing. So that's the other part of Tamalolo's game that has improved out of sight. The, you know, they talk about one percenters or the sacrifices for your team. You know, kick pressures, getting in the line, getting back behind the ball, all those type of things as quickly as you possibly can. He's doing that better now than what he did last season. And Buddy is a feature of the back pages of the papers today. I know he's fronting the media this morning. As well there at the SCG, back page of the Herald, Franklin re-signs for 2023. I'm staying. Buddy Boost as legend agrees to new one-year deal at the Swans on the back page of the Daily Telegraph. I mean, what a record. So he's played, what, 340 games, 1,047 goals, 10 goals from equaling former, well, Geelong and North Melbourne player Doug Wade in what would be fourth place on the all-time goal kickers list. So you got the great Tony Lockett, 1,360 goals. That won't be caught. Gordon Coventry, 1,299. And Jason Dunster, 1,254. So Buddy set to be provided, of course. Touch wood, the body holds up, etc. Set to go to fourth on the all-time goal kickers list. But I just love that stat. 2004 draft. He's the only one still on an AFL list. When you think of the fact that the only person left on that playing from that time is an absolute champion of the game. Um, yeah, it's just a career to be celebrated, Loz. Unbelievable. Oh, he's had a fantastic year, Mido. Uh, a fantastic year. Fantastic career. Um, you know, he's been a legend of the game. He's played for two different clubs. Um, he's won a couple of premierships with Hawthorne. Hasn't won one with the Swans, and what a way to celebrate his his legacy! To be able to kick a few goals in a grand final, win a grand final, um, and a lot of people still have question marks about whether he's been a great buy for the Sydney Swans, given that they haven't won a grand final, and that's the reason why they bought him. But to be running around still from 2004 and delivering in key moments for this Swans team and the lift that he gives other players, his investment has certainly been great. I mean, what, 45,000 people out there on Saturday night, they're all cheering the Swans on. He'd be their um, most recognisable player. Um, He's someone that's brought eyeballs to AFL here in Sydney. Um, But it'd be nice for him to kick a couple of goals on Saturday and win a comp for the Sydney Swans. I think that would be the crowning glory in his career. Certainly Geelong has their own uh, fairy tale and it's Patrick Dangerfield, back page of the Australian Dangerfield's moment for a fairy tale is the headline there and that's the one thing missing from his resume. 302 games, 
no premierships. So uh, that's the story as far as the Cats are concerned. She's been a wonderful player, Dangerfield. Started out with the Adelaide Crows and now at Geelong. Um, they've got an ageing roster, Geelong. They just keep topping up. They don't go away. Uh, they're there or thereabouts. And you know, Chris Scott, I think, won a flag in his first year and then has taken you know, the club to multiple semi-final series but just hasn't been able to get across the line. But, you know, they've got a good forward set up. You've got Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron, two key forwards that can kick goals. Gary Rowan plays against his old club this weekend. Uh, and then you've got the two masters uh, in Joel Selwood and, and Patrick Dangerfield, uh, two of the elite players of the game that have had magnificent careers that will be looking for one another premiership and um, Dangerfield looking for his first premiership. And I see Dangerfield, I think, in fact, is favourite for the Norm Smith yeah. medal. He's uh, $7. He was superb last week. Yeah. I was at that game last in Melbourne for a few days last Friday night. And in the first quarter, he was the best player on the field by panels. Well, there was some talk about him early in the season about him not being as strong in his running game. Um, and I don't know where all that talk was coming from. Obviously, you know, p- people that watch the game closely, they thought that his time may be coming to the, to an end. But he certainly picked it up recently and he's breaking tackles and collecting the ball and being back to Dangerfield of 10 years ago. Uh, with the betting so far with Tab, as Loz mentioned, Dangerfield favourite for the Norm Smith is $7 and a third of the money has been for the Cat Star so far. So overwhelmingly best backed early doors is Patrick Dangerfield. Now also back page of the telly, Arthur's critics are idiots. So Dean Bulldog Richie's spoken to Penrith great, the great Royce Simmons in this article. And uh, well, Bulldog writes that Royce actually uh, pushed Brad Arthur to get into coaching. And I think that's something that uh, many have wondered is uh, just all this pressure that's been on Brad Arthur pup. And uh, here he is on the verge of a grand final. And uh, Royce Simmons saying, well, anyone who basically calling those who are bagging Brad Arthur, that they're embarrassing idiots. And you only have to look at the results. Yeah, look, I think it's a great example, though, of of how, you know, there's an article one day and then the next day you turn the page, there's an article on someone else. We we, we talk about, you know, there's not too many coaches we don't talk about throughout a footy season around, you know, there's an article, well, should they be sacked? Every single coach, unfortunately, and, and it's a shame it's like this because... It's so hard to make sense of, you know. He's, he, he just, his record's phenomenal. I, I know he hasn't won a grand final, and I know, you know, you, you can talk about that as much as you want. But if Brad Arthur's record was the West Tigers coach's record, I'd be doing backflips. So it's always we always think the grass is greener on the other side. And, and I understand you you want to win grand finals, um, but yeah. I, Again, I just think it. I think I think the criticism that a lot of coaches receive are very, very harsh. 